hello, it's Miss Mon and Gen Z coming to you from the internet. Okay, whoa, wait. I've been really happy you to sit and watch me win again and win again and win again. I know it's probably getting old, me and winning, sending into a fire, but when I finish, nobody the minimum, my dick and have to summon slow. Hey y'all, even though Black History is all year, I would like to wish y'all a happy Black History Month. So the question of the week is, what did y'all do for Black History Month? Like, um, <laughs> my family does this thing where we have um, a Black History question of the day, and um, it's in our group chat, and my grandma sends a Black History question every day, and we have to answer it, and we have to all compete and stuff, so yeah. Okay, I'm going to give y'all 10 seconds to think about what y'all did for Black History Month. Okay, so first we're going to start off with some facts about Black History Month. So the first couple of Black History facts is that um, originally Black History Month was not called Black History Month. It was called Negro History Week, actually. And that started on February 7th, 1926. So the next fun fact is that Black History Month originally focused on reaching black students in public schools. So it wasn't um, a nationwide thing yet between like everyone. It was mostly in the schools when it first started. Yay. So another fun fact is that Kent State University actually promoted Black History Month in 1970. And then in the 70s, specifically 1976, President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History as a Black History Month celebration. So here is the last fun fact for y'all before I get into the next segment of the Black History Month podcast episode. So Black History Month is not only observed in the United States. Well, you know, the United States is its origin, but it is also observed in places like Canada, the United Kingdom, and more. So if y'all think about it, it's actually really cool that something that started in the United States is being across the world now. And I really, I really have faith in Black History Month being celebrated in many more places in the future. Yes, yeah, so everyone, please observe this amazing um, month-long annual tradition. It is dedicated to any African-American that has done anything great or just the pride of being African-American or black. So I'm going to tell y'all about my experience with being in the BSU. And for anybody who doesn't know what BSU stands for, it is the Black Student Union. And um, my school has one. And ever since seventh grade, I watched what they did. I saw how they did, you know, um, black history stuff. And, you know, which is awesome. So, I wasn't able to join from 7th grade up until, like, <laughs> now because, okay, let me tell y'all the story. So, in 7th grade, I was in this, like, mandatory colloquium thing, so I couldn't do it then. And then, 8th grade, I was in this other colloquium. Uh, my freshman year, I was doing yearbook colloquium. My sophomore year, I was, I was doing, I think I was doing yearbook colloquium again. Um, my junior year, it was the pandemic, so we were all online. It was virtual. So I didn't know much about if we even, like, was going to have a BSU. Well, we might have one, but I wasn't sure. So I joined this year, and honestly, I can say I had a bunch of fun, okay? Um, I was like the little DJ or whatever for, <laughs> for the Black History Assembly. And it was cool, you know? Like, there's something about, like... Black people working together. That is just so excellent. 
and I love being in the group with also um, really intellectual and like-minded people because it is really cool to get back to your roots and just be around people who also have the same energy as you. So that's really nice too. So um, I can honestly say that I've had a lot of fun being in the BSU so far. I know that we're doing other stuff in the future, but I'm just happy to be a part of it. You know, like it's my senior year and I just want to, you know, like I want to do things that I enjoy and that make me happy. And being in the BSU is just that. So I would just like to say one more thing. Um, when I first joined the BSU, to be honest, um, a light lit up inside of me because I was getting more in tune with my culture. Because, you know, of course, I'm black every day. I know black history. I know the icons. I know, like, a lot of things that happen. But being in a space where that is, like, the main goal, you know, like, celebrating being black and just um it being black joy i really like that like it was a really fun way to get more into my culture so the last segment i will be introducing iconic black figures so the first person to start off with is kendrick lamar the god himself so anyway kendrick lamar was born on june 17th 1987 that's right he's a gemini y'all and he's from Compton. He's won 13 Grammys. And he is a great storyteller. This is something that I realized later in my life. Because when I was little, um, I didn't listen to um, to Pimp a Butterfly as intensively as I should have. You know, I think I was just there for the bops. You know, the beats or whatever, the sounds. And I didn't really listen to the lyrics. Um, he is a great storyteller. And something that him and J. Cole have in similar is that they both keep it real when they're talking in their stories. Like they talk about struggles just like, you know, growing up and stuff like that. I personally feel like Kendrick Lamar has stayed very humble because this man is very talented. But he doesn't have to go out here and like say that all the time, be like, I'm the greatest, I'm talented, da 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 da. He knows he's talented and the world knows he's talented. So, you know, we just bask in his um in his amazing art and Listen to his great music. So something else about Kendrick Lamar that I really love is that he writes his own music. So that means he doesn't use any ghostwriters, you know, like people to go in there, kind of look at the lyrics and, you know, revise it or whatever, annotate, leave little comments and write it over or write it for them, the whole thing. So anyway, I really like that he does that because that shows that um, when an artist writes their own lyrics, it's coming from their heart or it's something that speaks to their soul and they want to talk about that through rap or any other genre so the next iconic figure i want to highlight is dr kismikia s corbett um she's 35 years old and she is the lead scientist on the moderna covid19 vaccination team let me tell y'all why i think she's so cool so she's getting into a system where historically hasn't treated black people well so the fact that she is getting into the science and becoming a doctor and doing all that type of stuff she's getting in the system so she can help people and i think that's really cool so y'all know that i also do my research so according to cnbc's article um the title of the article was named 23 black leaders who are shaping history today indeed by courtney conley um it said that the doctor um she's a 35 year old viral immunologist and research fellow in the vaccine research center of the national institute of allergy and infectious diseases and it also says that she is the lead scientist on the team that developed the moderna covid19 vaccine what yeah so she built on her six years of experience studying the spike um, proteins of other coronaviruses such as sars and mers in order to design the vaccine within two days of the novel coronavirus being discovered oh my gosh Black girl excellence. 
black girl magic we love it so um yeah it said just as some other information spike proteins sit on the surface of coronaviruses and penetrate human cells causing infection so that was just like some background knowledge on like what they were talking about you know with, with the doctor stuff yeah so she's awesome and end quote Again, that is from CNBC's article, 23 Black Leaders Who Are Shaping Who Are Shaping History Today Indeed. Yeah, so the next amazing icon. Her name is Rashida Jones. She's 39 and she's the MSNBC president and first black executive to run a major television news network. So on February 1st, Jones started her new role as president at MSNBC, making her the first black executive to lead a major television news network. And um, it also said on the same website that um, it's the same source as the previous one that I mentioned. It also said that um, Jones was previously uh, senior vice president of news at MSNBC and NBC News, where she oversaw breaking news and coverage. So according to the previously mentioned article from CNBC, Jones said rating records for two town hall specials and helped oversee the second presidential debate. What? During which NBC correspondent Krishna Walker became only the second black woman to moderate a presidential debate solo. And they said that the first was ABC News journalist Carol Simpson in 1992. And it also said on there that Jones is all about that diversity. Yeah, y'all. It said that Jones has also helped to bring more diversity to MSNBC's daytime and weekend schedule. And we love that. We love diversity. We love seeing different cultures or um, different perspectives on things because that's what the news is about. It's different perspectives. Next person is named Nicholas Johnson. Um, he's 23 and Princeton's first black valedictorian. This is so cool, y'all. First of all, Let's just say how hard it is to be a college student, a high school student in this day and age. The world is way more competitive. And if you're in an environment where, like, that competition is, like, very high, becoming valedictorian is a huge feat. So I congratulate him on that personally because that is wow. I am truly amazed. So anyway, from the same website as well, um, it said in May 2020, Nicholas Johnson was announced as Princeton University's first black valedictorian in the school's 275 year history. So this is what Nicholas Johnson had to say about um, becoming Princeton's first black valedictorian. So he said, being the first black valedictorian in Princeton's history feels incredibly empowering, as he should. I'm adding that part in, as he should. But anyway, in particular, given the history's historical beginnings and its ties to the institution of slavery. And he also said that Princeton's first nine presidents were themselves slave owners as were many of the institution's um, professors in during those early years, the early, early years. So um, I would like to say that I think this was really cool of him to say. And it was cool of him to say because it just, it just emphasizes how important it was that he got valedictorian because he was um, in a place where historically it wasn't, um, where it wasn't tailored to, to black people. Um, I'm one of those people that, that doesn't think that the system is broken. Hear me out. I don't think that the system is broken. I think that it's doing exactly what it was planned to do. You know, cheat BIPOC. I would also like to say that causing oppression and cheating BIPOCs, and for those of you that need like a fresh reminder, because I've used that term before, um, BIPOC basically stands for Black, Indigenous, and Other People of Color. 
So cheating them in a system um, to make it cater to non-BIPOC people, that's just like, that's, that's pretty messed up. So I congratulate him again for being valedictorian of Princeton's um, university class a couple years ago because that's just, it's truly amazing. I would just like to add on um, that he also said, the fact that today we have a black valedictorian goes to show how much work has been done, but also how much work still needs to be done. So I like that he wasn't just like everything's solved now because Princeton has a black valedictorian. I like that he was saying that there are more possibilities in the future for more people like him to be a valedictorian or to just go against the odds and succeed. And the last person mentioned, but certainly not least, is Miss Marsha P. or Paid No Mind Johnson. She was a transgender rights activist who was known for being a central figure of the Stonewall Uprising and the ACTIVE movement. And Johnson also co-founded the Gay Liberation Front. I will explain to you all why I have tremendous respect for this lady. And I would like to start off by saying that I have recently been watching um, videos, reading articles, and learning about the ACTIVE movement and Stonewall in school. And that was a very tough time for the LGBTQIA community um, because America gave them a really hard time. And a lot of things regarding the active movement were not discussed because people didn't want to discuss them, but they needed to be discussed. So the fact that people like Marsha P. Johnson risked their lives just to have equality and to be seen as an equal, I will forever have respect for that. Whenever someone risks what they are doing, um, that, you know, that's also called like a um, co-conspirator. But in this case, she is a part of the group. So the fact that she risks her life for not only herself, but other people, I respect that. I think any leader who risks like their image reputation or you know like how people view them for a better cause is really cool okay everyone happy black history month again but don't forget don't forget your history because if you forget your history you can never change the future never forget the past but anyway happy black history month and i hope you all enjoyed this special episode so live up the last couple hours of black history month that there is um have fun and yeah, thank you for listening to this episode. This has been Miss Man and Gen Z, signing off. So many speak on the bottom and never know the feel, or how it looks at the top, or if it's even real. We ain't selling dreams. But we live in some, no arms license and still we stick to a 